I had four impressions last week on Google for the search term CH, which hmm. is an abbreviation for Christchurch, hookers. Ah, rugby training or...? <laughs> no, no, actually hookers, Christchurch hookers, ranked 83rd. And I've just typed in Christchurch hookers into Google, had a good look through, and uh, yeah, it, it, it is true. I'm ranked on about the eighth page. You're Christchurch's 64th most popular male escort. Mm, quite possibly. Maybe a little bit higher, maybe up into the 50s. Wow. I know. Who'd have thought it? And I, I, it's just... It's the power of marketing, isn't it? I haven't even tried to, to corner that market, and I'm just doing it. And I think that's just based on sheer animal magnetism yes i mean that's one of the extras that uh, clients can pay for is literally you'll do some magic with animals and magnets whilst helicoptering your yeah. penis <laughs> maybe a budgie that swallowed another <laughs> magnet and you're right i just i just swing it around and the budgie just flies around and around and around. it does yeah unless you get the wrong side of the budgie in which case it's just repelled with enormous force into the face of the unsuspecting punter <laughs> Which some people like. <laughs> they do, yeah. That's, a, that's another extra you can pay for. Who am I to question what people want? Tom, Tom Berry's Ping Pong Canary show. <laughs> and that's the earliest episode title. I know, right? What a treat. Minutes. <laughs> what a treat. <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Was Genius, the little history podcast in which Tom... Hello. ...and Sam... Hello. Discuss history stories... On a theme, we decide the theme a week in advance, or an episode in advance, but everything else that happens is a surprise. And what is the episode topic this week? What is the topic? What is life, Tom? Baby, don't hurt me, don't hurt me no more. What's our topic <laughs> what this <is> week? <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll add in another dramatic pause like you did. Weird and disgusting traditions. How did you find your research for this one? Oh, it's a bit revolting to start off with, I'll be honest with you. I decided... <laughs> it was, and then you decided to stop researching on the toilet, cleaned yourself up. <laughs> my, my early research, as it often does when researching for this podcast, made me thankful again for living in a post-Enlightenment society because I started looking at initiation ceremonies. Ooh. And what is it, Sam, with tribal communities and doing odd things to their genitals? When you say tribal communities, do you mean tribal in the sense of indigenous or do you mean tribal in the sense of we go to this ex-public school and this is the way we've always initiated new students by shoving bonbons up our bellends and then sticking them in a pig? Take that a kind of tribal. The, I'll take a bonbon up my bellend, to be honest, <laughs> in preference to some of the things I saw on the internet. Wow, yes. Like, you know, I, I mean, you I did. could go... In, I think going through puberty is pretty hard. I, I don't think you need to have a tribal elder sitting on your chest while someone else circumcises you and makes you eat your own foreskin. I don't think you need that at that time <laughs> in your life. Or having your cock sliced down the middle. Oh, Have hello. you heard of this? Like a cheap frankfurter. Jesus. This is, a, this is a genuine thing. It has a name. I forgot what it was called, but this is a genuine thing, and I Googled it, and there were pictures. Hmm. Oh, oh obviously dear. There's, there's the old cutting out the clitoris thing that seems quite popular. It, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, and anyway, so plenty of these, and they just seem to develop organically in different parts of the world. It's a global thing. Aboriginal Australians, Native Americans, Indian tribes, African tribes, Southeast Asian tribes. What's wrong with just having a beer? Yes. Or, go, yeah. 
going for a curry on I your mean, it just, all it shows is that humans are disgusting animals who can't exactly. be left alone with our own genitalia. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely right. And I, I have no problem believing as well that we've been doing this for 10,000, well, hundreds of thousands of years, fiddling with each other's knackers. Yes. Put it away. In the end, I did get somewhere good, though. I, I did find something that I was satisfied with. Where it was largely because it was grown adults who were doing odd things to each other. Good. Well, that's, um... With the groin area mostly out of bounds. <laughs> Not always, but mostly. <laughs> Lovely. I'm a crotch-free zone as well this week, Tom. You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> crotch-free zone. It's my turn to go first then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sock it to me. Sock it to you. Well, Tom, I've got a lovely traditional bit of ritual sporting warfare for you today with a pretty horrendous runner-up prize thrown in for good measure. Nice. (laughs) Although, to be honest, the most gruesome thing you're going to experience today is the way I try and pronounce various Aztec names. So apologies in advance, (laughs) everyone. I've tried to write them down phonetically, but I've really not done myself any favours this week. (laughs) I'm going to be talking about the Aztec Flower Wars, which sound lovely, weren't lovely. They were fought between the 1450s and the arrival of the Spanish in 1519 and became something of an unpopular local tradition among Aztec uh, city-states. And these were basically non-war wars. They were a kind of limited warfare designed to train up high-ranking nobility without the risk of getting killed by annoying common archers and stone slingers and idiots and plebs. They were supposed to be a good way to gain favour among the gods without completely slaughtering your entire male population. That said, they were still very, very dangerous. Thumb wars. Is that what it was? (laughs) Closer to shinzies, I think, than thumb wars. Bollocksies. (laughs) Oh, Removal of bollocksies, possibly, yes. Sacrificial bollocksies. Incidentally, was a a Greek hero. (laughs) Indeed he was, yes. One of the Argonauts. <laughs> yes, I don't know. Oh, I'm trying to think of a pun name to go off the back of that and I can't, so we'll carry on. <laughs> uh, so plenty, plenty of men died in this sporting event, quote-unquote, the sporting tradition. The Flower War concept was developed following a period of intense famine in Central America from around 1450 to 1454. Tens of thousands of people died... And surprise, surprise, the Aztec priests blamed it on angry gods and demanded that to placate them, it was necessary to sacrifice, quote, many men. <laughs> and that this had to be done, quote, regularly. So we far, haven't been given any specific <laughs> figures. <laughs> nope. The communications the gods, are vague in that area. The gods have really left it up to us. Uh, if only we had a series, if only we had a system of written numerals, this would have been an awful lot easier. Uh, unfortunately, the gods in our prayer just said, Many beads. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like uh, a slightly slightly unhappy wife who's uh, not telling us why. Uh, she, <laughs> yep. she's, just, she's just waiting to see what we do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pile of posts on the table. Could be a clue. Could be a bank statement. An insurance document. A missed bill. <laughs> Who knows which of them she's pissed off by. Let's play the game. <laughs> We'd spin the wheel if we had one. Unfortunately, we as Aztecs don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to spin, spin the alpaca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's rotate the llama. Come on. So 
So far, so Aztec. Lots of death, lots of slaughtering, unspecified, so better make it lots. The uh, <laughs> the problem was... If it down, murder a few more. Yeah. It's better to over-cater at a major <laughs> event. <laughs> you don't want any gods going away hungry. <laughs> the problem was, the various city-states were reeling from four years of famine. The economy couldn't support a big war. It needed its poor people farming and not dying. So the various city-states... Or being killed, or being rolled down the side of a temple. Yes. <laughs> with their head chopped off. Yeah. Oh, no, there's always there's always commoners for that. <laughs> Makes, makes good fertiliser. <laughs> it does, right? Well, we'll come on to that. The various city-states got together and decided that instead of a great big war, they would develop the sport of the flower war. And it was called the flower war because it could happen at times of the year when poor people were farming. So when there were flowers out rather than in the winter when it was all a bit barren. And it really was a sport. There were codified rules... Each side had a set number of men, no more, no less. All were, where possible, professional soldiers of high social standing who wanted to make a name for themselves in battle. Ranged weapons, archers, stone throwers, dart throwers were banned. The gods liked bravery. Yeah, absolutely. The gods liked bravery, so to please them and minimise the loss of life, everyone fought with close-range weapons. Usually, something called a first Aztec word of the day. Sword. (laughs) (laughs) Fist. (laughs) A uh, Makahootl, I think that's pronounced, which is... (laughs) Makahootl. A (laughs) Makahootl. Kind of like a wooden paddle covered in sharp stones. When you hit them with it, it's going to break some bones. You throw, it's the way that you... No, I was doing... (laughs) I I was doing the Macarena. Oh, I see. Sorry. Hey! (laughs) Makahootl. So yeah, it's a wooden paddle with sharp bits of obsidian or stone sticking out of it that required quite a lot of training to use. And... Battle would Sounds be held. Kinky. And it does, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying, I was going to see if I can break last week's record for how many times I interrupt you. <laughs> I mean, kinking is probably what it would do to your femur if it struck you. <laughs> <laughs> Very little sexual pleasure to be had from this. So, battle would be held in a certain place at a certain time. There would be joint prayers and a burning of incense beforehand, and all combat was one on one. You couldn't just pile in on an enemy until he'd finished fighting someone else. And it became a great Aztec tradition, and a particularly horrible one. It was a test of skill, and even if you lost and got killed, it was considered a one-way ticket to heaven. There was even an Aztec word for dying in a flower war, which what I can't even... What's that word, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> it's spelt <clears throat> X-O-C-H-I-M-I-Q-U-I-Z-T-L-I. <laughs> That's number wang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. Uh... Chokchimikitsi, I think, possibly. But if it translates. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing it just yet, but okay. <laughs> but be gentle with me. Usually I, usually I wait until after I've done my teeth, but if you like. <laughs> it is my birthday. <laughs> possibly don't, because it translates as flowery death, blissful death, fortunate death. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which is actually my wrestler name. (laughs) Invariably, on one side of the battlefield, you had the Triple Alliance, which is not to be confused with the World War I Triple Alliance, which was formed of the city-states of Mexico, Tenochtitlan, Tezcoco, and uh, Clacapan, I think it's pronounced. And occasionally, when they wanted to switch sides again... (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Sounds like something you take to a football match in the 1970s. I got my clacker pad <laughs> and my scarf. scarf and my Vuvuzela. <laughs> Certainly, Vuvuzela was one of the uh, one of the city states on the other side. <laughs> yeah. So those were the three members of the Triple Alliance, and occasionally when they wanted to switch sides again, but have run out of other Triple Alliances to join Italy, <laughs> who quickly buggered off once they realised there was still a fight to be had. So the Triple Alliance would be on Random one side. Random dig Italy, I like it. <laughs> I know, why not? When in Rome? So the Triple Alliance would be on one side, and usually one of the city-states of uh, Klaxcala, Hujotzingo, and Cholula was on the other. Cholula, incidentally, is my prostitute name. <laughs> once the incense had been burnt and prayers had been said, they'd all go at it, lots of men would die, and lots of men would be captured or run away. And we'll come back to the prisoners shortly. On paper, it's a decent idea. No innocents die, your professional soldiers get a bit of war training, and because you're only using poshos who don't work in the fields, you don't have to fund and feed a huge army who would otherwise or, be doing useful things for the economy. Or get beaten up by people that are fitter than you. <laughs> yes. Nobody, well, yes. Nobody wants to be upstaged by a farmer's boy who spends Worse. the whole year <laughs> lugging things around in the field. Yes. I mean, the farmer's boy, to be fair, doesn't know how to use the uh, traditional military sex paddle. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a pitchfork. But, but he's very good with a pitchfork, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Traditional military sex paddling. <laughs> you know what we need to do? I'm fed up, fed up of all these country folk, these country bumpkins, beating us all up in the war by throwing stones in archery. So what we'll do is we won't let them compete. Well, yes, we won't let them in the war. This can be just a war for people who are very, very good at war and know what they're doing, and everyone who is rubbish at war can be banned, and then we'll just paddle each other's bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine a load of a load of pasty-skinned, uh, upper-class, upper weedy types <laughs> running at each other across a field. Ooh! Take that! <laughs> I swike you with my oar. <laughs> I strike you again. Stay still. <laughs> yes. This is one-on-one -on -one combat, mano a mano. <laughs> now I'm going to spank you. <laughs> I forgot my lucky teddy. Oh, no. I'm going to have to go back. Stop. No, there's two of you in him. Housemaster, housemaster. <laughs> Johnson's cheating. <laughs> it's not the first time or the last time we'll hear that. <laughs> 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 ba -ba 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 -ba. Unfortunately, whilst it sounded That's like the alarm again, is it? <laughs> Someone's spun the armor. <laughs> 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 it's a Bruce Forsyth llama. Oh Jesus! Every single fucking week. We used to. We used to. Have original reference content. A, yes, have original content. We used to reference a wide variety of 90s TV personalities and shows. It's become somewhat limited in the last five or six episodes. So, unfortunately, it didn't work out quite as well as planned. The Triple Alliance were essentially, going back to the footballing reference from before, the Man U, Chelsea and Liverpool of the Flower Wars. They didn't really like each other, but they had a lot of resources and basically their pick of the players. The other teams were kind of like Leighton Orient and Macclesfield. <laughs> they beat non-professionals, they beat us, but they basically look like toddlers compared to the big boys. At what point did the Saudis get involved? Do you know really? what? When we, come, when we come to what happened to the prisoners, the Saudis would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> 
in their wildest dreams they wouldn't think of doing that to a journalist in an embassy. (laughs) So, quite simply, the Alliance could send out their B team, their C team, or even the junior squad, and would almost always win. They just have more resources, their soldiers have more training, and every single time they declared a flower war and hauled this ancient traditional warfare form up, they would capture a significant chunk of their opponent's leading class, or kill them. The smaller states couldn't refuse a flower war because it went against the tradition, and if they did, they would just be invaded with a real war as soon as the farmers were done farming for the year, and that would be an awful lot worse because their cities would be burned and their women and children slaughtered. So every so often they'd get a visitor from the Alliance asking if they'd like to play a friendly game of Flower Wars. Pussies <laughs> are friendly. Yeah, and they'd have to send out an increasingly raggedy selection of boys, elderly men, a secretaries, bastard nobles, <laughs> bastard nobles, unpopular third sons, to be effectively ritually slaughtered. It caused a huge brain and brawn drain in these smaller city-states, uh, which essentially turned them into parasitic hosts for the big players. The Triple Alliance were essentially eating them alive, hauling off vast numbers of men as slaves and prisoners under the pretense of sporting tradition, and threatening, or just declaring, a new game whenever they didn't get their way or wanted something. Frankly, it sucked. <laughs> They had no desire whatsoever to declare a real war because it was far more profitable just to play the smaller states at sports. (laughs) Ping pong. (laughs) Yeah. But it didn't suck for the city-states quite as badly as it sucked for those who got captured. See, if you were super high class, you were generally safe unless the gods got really angry and there was some bad weather on the way. Torture them. (laughs) Just as you decide... I'll leave it up to you how much you torture them. (laughs) Rumbly, rumbly, I've got a thundery coming. (laughs) Now, who's got a tough wanker who doesn't need his testicles? (laughs) Looking at you. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Not to uh, give too many details here, priests, but it's been a while since I had a severed dick shoved on my temple. (laughs) I'm quite partial to them. <laughs> nice field. It would be a shame if uh, something were to happen to them. Slugs. Hmm. I can make them appear anywhere. Quite uh, quite partial to a toff's penis. <laughs> if you don't mind, not to be confused with a toffee penny, which no one likes, including me, and I will definitely destroy your capital <laughs> if you leave one of those for me. So, generally speaking, unless God got peckish, most of the very high-class prisoners were released. They were ransomed off. But for most of the less important, ritual sacrifice awaited. The normal heart-ripped-out was pretty common, as was standard for Aztec sacrifices, but a very much worse fate awaited one captive. The one Worse than having been... your heart ripped out in front of your own eyes? Um, I'm going to say yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, this honour, inverted commas, was kept back for the one who had been the bravest on the battlefield. Oh. Because they, Tom, were selected. This would be why they kept losing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh no, I'm a coward. Don't be too brave. (laughs) (laughs) Just the heart chopped out for me, please. Oh, I'm running away. (laughs) So the bravest soldier, Tom, the bravest captive, was selected for the tickle fight. Right. It's not sounding too bad yet. No. Except Tom. Big bosomed lady. 
Oh, no, Tom. No, no, no. This is an Aztec tickle fight, and it occurred as part of the annual March Festival of Death and Rebirth. <laughs> Uh-oh. To celebrate the coming of a new year of life in the fields. The festival, Tom, to the god Sipe Totec, whose name in English translates as... Twat. The lo- <laughs> Brutal the l- twat. Our lord of the flayed skin. Lord... <laughs> That's the Michael Flatley show I want to watch. Twirling around as blood sprays from his victim. <laughs> A whole line of Irish dancers with flayed skin. Yes, skin of the English. <laughs> so... This was not a tickle fight you'd want to take part in. The bravest prisoner was tied to a stone in an arena so he couldn't run away. He had, to, you know, he had a few meters of uh, a few meters of rope so he could run around and defend himself and was handed a fake uh, macahoodle. Hey, macahoodle. Where the original obsidian stones had been removed and replaced with feathers. Gummy bears. <laughs> Feathers, no feathers is better. Yes. <laughs> feathers. He would then, Tom, have to fight a fully armed Aztec warrior. <laughs> right. You'd hope a rather ticklish one. At best, the victim would get a few armpit blows in, maybe a verse of this little piggy and a couple of belly raspberries, before the, <laughs> before the bloodthirsty warrior decided to end things with an act of extreme violence. Much like me playing with my daughter. <laughs> Elbow drop from the bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. Take that. <laughs> you know, she hit me in the face with a copy of Dostoevsky the other day. Did she? Read yeah. it, you ignoramus. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to discuss the plot with you. Daddy, you plebeian. <laughs> <laughs> Once the uh, victim had inevitably lost and been tickled into an early grave with a pointy and highly ticklish end of a spear, the victim would have his skin flayed painted yellow to represent corn, and then be worn around town by a specially selected slave who was treated as a god. So, and, but, uh, but he's dead by this point? He is very dead, yes. Oh, okay, that's not so bad. No, no, he's he's flayed once he's suitably <laughs> wounded. <laughs> he is and, an uh, ex-Mayan. He's a, <laughs> he's a Waztec. deceased. <laughs> he's a Waztec. <laughs> Rather than an Iztec. <laughs> ceased to exist <laughs> he's not dead he's just sleeping <laughs> and if you think Tom after that that you'd rather just have your heart cut out don't worry because as part of the festival the other less brave prisoners were also flayed after death this time and their skin was worn as cloaks by the same priest who said that God was angry in the first place who paraded around in their rotting remains for 20 days <laughs> getting <laughs> getting less and less social invites during that time <laughs> At what point did Jodie Foster visit? What? <laughs> Under Hannibal Lecter's guy. In oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. Sounds very much like Buffalo Bill, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Although in this case, the corpses were beautifully decked out with flowers and beads and covered in nice jewellery. So Fabulous. it really did put on a bit of a razzle-dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be flesh. Da, 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 da. It's raining blood. The gods are very pleased with our corpses. Uh, so after 20 days, or at the end of three weeks, the rotting and by now probably quite putrid remains were buried in the ground, symbolising the emergence of life from death and the returning of all things to the soil. 
Huzzah! <laughs> they could have just scattered some seeds, but no. Mass death. They could have so, spent that time on an irrigation system, but no. Yes, inventing the wheel, becoming slightly yeah. more self-sufficient against adverse weather conditions. Trading but with no. some tribes from the north for some guana. You know, there's yeah. lots of things they could have been doing. Yes, but no, we'll just flay everyone we come across. <laughs> Why you do that flayed, when we <laughs> could kill someone and sacrifice someone to the gods? Yes. <laughs> It'll never work. Trade? Fuck that. <laughs> what we need is murder. Murder on a huge industrial scale. <laughs> what you say? You think you can make us a substance called metal? No! Don't be stupid. Why would <laughs> oh, we need no, that? No, 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 no. We can kill people perfectly well <laughs> with sex paddles filled with sharp rocks. <laughs> <laughs> So, there you go, Tom. That is the hideous sporting tradition of the flower war. Mm. Me- Mesoamerica never really appeals to me. No, it doesn't. And, you know, it's it's Indigenous Peoples Day. It was on uh, a couple of days before we were recording this. And so, you know, I don't want to, to, to mock or make light of Indigenous Peoples. I do. I'm quite happy to. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awful. And whilst that- Whilst I'm not excusing the Spanish, it really was a case of... There's an element of social Darwinism here, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the immovable prick meets the enormous dick. <laughs> I'm not saying that anyone deserved it, but at the same time, they the, they weren't that morally far apart. <laughs> yeah. One just happened to be a disease-riddled invader. <laughs> yes. Anyway, yeah, so I suppose it's my turn now, isn't it? It is. Let's find myself in my notes. Yes, I, I've gone for something a little bit more modern, or at least... Well, it's not really that modern. The origins of this ceremony that I'm going to describe to you are in the deep past. There are suggestions that... Ooh, um, the deep past. The deep past. So that's like... How do you define the deep past? Hundreds and trillions of thousands of hours ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, long, long time ago. Long, long um, time. I think I read somewhere that trading civilizations like the Phoenicians had ser- similar ceremonies to the to the one that I'm going to discuss. And it certainly Ooh. took place within the last three or four hundred years. It's been, it's been very widespread. And that is the crossing the line ceremonies that are practiced oh. upon board naval ships. Largely um, English-speaking countries, certainly the type of crossing the line ceremonies that I'm going to discuss, and sometimes on cruise ships and various other types of floaty on water transportation apparatus. The ceremony, which is practised slightly differently in different organisations, takes place when a ship crosses the equator. Ah. Yeah, and have you heard of this? Vaguely, vaguely. Oh, good, I thought this might be one that you'd heard of. I'll describe the versions practised on board naval ships. There's a sort of they're, they're generally is the this, same, or there are subtle differences. This isn't in any way confu- to be confused with towing the line, is it? Which is another naval thingy. I uh, no, 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 nothing, nothing to do with towing the line. I don't think. And a Johnny Cash song, obviously. Uh, uh, quite possibly. No, this crossing the line is all about well, crossing the, the line, equator yeah. line, the equator line. And there are ah. lots of different ones. So um, there are lots of different achievements for a, for a sailor. So. Uh, crossing the <laughs> the most virulent clap. <laughs> I was about to say most hookers <laughs> in ports. Um, most M and M's you can fit under your foreskin after a long voyage at sea. <laughs> like it's a bit bored. <laughs> oh, how many did you get, Dave? Oh, 16. 40, 42. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I've been practicing over the years. <laughs> 
<laughs> be bad when I was first joined the Navy, when I was about four, I was wet behind the ears. Can only get three or four up there. <laughs> I don't show that on the on the adverts on TV when they're trying. No. <laughs> See the world. Shove M and M's down it. <laughs> I was born in Carlisle, but now <laughs> I can fit an entire tour balloon up my foreskin <laughs> on a submarine. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, generally the ceremony starts with a procession of one of the sailors. Beautiful ladies. Not far off. <laughs> <laughs> with a procession of one of the sailors. Usually, what- is it a procession if there's only one sailor? But well, there are more to come. Usually, the more okay. one-, <laughs> one of the sailors is dressed as Neptune. Okay. One of the more senior members. And I'm not sure... Uh, yes, he's a god, yes. That would qualify as more senior. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone has ever seen Neptune, so there is a degree of imagination required. You might go for the... <laughs> Looks a lot like Sansa. Who's <laughs> Sansa? Who's Sansa? Santa. Oh, Santa, yeah. They just had limited options in the fancy dress cost. <laughs> fancy dress box. <laughs> you look like Hitler again. Okay. <laughs> it's the same outfit you wore at Christmas. Um, it's... Yeah, that apparently was the Easter Bunny, but I'm fairly sure it's just a Hitler outfit <laughs> with, with with Playboy bunny ears. <laughs> and the oh, Hulk yeah. Hogan moustache. This, this month's this month's Playvolks. <laughs> I am the centerfold. <laughs> Look at my Goebbels. <laughs> I am the far right fold. <laughs> uh, yes, anyway. So I don't know which type of Neptune you would go for. You might go for the sort of hunky old merman in Little Mermaid with his oversized Always. fork. Oh. Which is <laughs> presumably how he remains so buff. It allows him to eat lots yes. of tuna. You know? y- yes. Um, you and might- also clearly a euphemism. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, those with big forks. The, met- the metaphorical fork. Yeah. yeah, you might go a bit more Roman and allow Neptune to have legs and an underwater chariot being pulled by some strange combination of horsey fishy I, horses. I bloody will not let him have that. <laughs> Last time I let him take the horsey fishy horses out, he got drunk and crashed over a mini roundabout. <laughs> He's banned. It can be a merman and he can like it. Anyway, ne- I don't go with this. Ne- Neptune is often joined by his queen. Which is Amphitrite. Amphitrite. Um, Usually a very, very reluctant sailor (laughs) who's made to wear a bra and a mermaid's tail. Woo! Oh no, not me. I'm so. How embarrassing for these other men to see me dressed saucily like a woman. A thong, you say? (laughs) Oh, the share outfit from Turn Back Time video? No! Really? (laughs) You want me to wear that? No, I just asked you if you wanted a coffee. Oh. Anyway, there might be someone dressed as Davy Jones. Am I wearing a bit too much lipstick? Do I look more like Amphitrite than Amphitrite? <laughs> do you think tackle between the legs or out on show? What do you think? <laughs> What's more authentic? In or out? Or in or out? Come on. <laughs> uh, there might also be someone dressed as Davy Jones and a throng of senior seamen dressed imaginatively with titles like the Royal Baby or the Royal Surgeon, etc. Then there are a large number of bears who help with the running of events. Yeah, bears. They're they're, they're called bears, bears in inverted commas. 
All those who have been involved in proceedings before are called bears. They're shellbacks as well uh, because they've already undergone this initiation. And everyone else uh, is called a polywog. That's racist. Well, it's shortened to a wog or a tadpole, but it has nothing to do with race. So it's just they're okay. just called polywogs. Yes, I, I didn't really register. You only have to change the P to a G. But anyway... Um, <laughs> After the procession of Neptune and his court, the bears round up all the polywogs and proceed to the deck. There is usually a silly trial where polywogs are interrogated to find out if any of them have ever been across the equator before. Then the polywogs are expected to undergo a series of moderately unpleasant tasks in order to placate Neptune and become a shellback. You know, not to go back to the it sounds a bit racist thing, but this does sound very much like something that Nigel Farage would cook up as a way to get... <laughs> An immigration policy. <laughs> An immigration policy. It's a points-based system for polywogs and shellbacks. Plus, that's not racist. That's what all my mates call them. <laughs> Almost always, polywogs are dipped in a pool of seawater. That's one of the things that's done to them. I'm glad that seawater was where you went with that. <laughs> frequently, frequently. <laughs> that's a lot of semen. <laughs> that's a lot of semen. It's been a long voyage, Tom. Why waste it? That's what I say. <laughs> um, oof, um, frequently, they have to kiss the royal baby. And the royal baby is usually a fat crew member in a nappy with some unpleasant substance smeared over his belly. Like, like like mustard, chili sauce, grease, raw eggs, that sort of thing, and and the polywogs have to kiss what his a treat. Polywogs have to kiss his belly, at which point the fat man wiggles his belly in their face, <laughs> like a really bad striptease. Often the <laughs> often the polywogs have some unpleasant substance daubed all over them. They're often whipped with bits of hose pipe made to crawl over a slippery deck. They often have their heads shaved, eggs smashed on their heads, and uh, sometimes made to crawl through rubbish as well. Oh, that went that went downhill. Yeah, and the polywogs are also frequently made to consume something a bit revolting, like soap or grease or mustard or raw eggs, that sort of thing. <laughs> Basically, lick the fat man. <laughs> lick him again. <laughs> lick him. Lick him. Oh, don't lick me. Oh, last year I was the <laughs> I was queen. <laughs> Very embarrassing. <laughs> I've just let myself go a little bit. <laughs> Now this is the fun. This is the even more fun bit because we're having lots of fun already. Oh, we are. Let's refer to one of the earliest documented examples of the crossing the line ceremony, and it comes. Oh, I love a sauce. I know. The only thing that makes it more fun is sauce. A sauce <laughs> about the licked, sauce licked off a fat man's chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I found this sauce in the belly button of Project Guttenberg. <laughs> oh, For, and it's the journal of Joseph Banks. Banks was a botanist and a naturalist. <laughs> So nudist who studied people's bottoms. <laughs> um, in 1768 to 1771, he was part of James Cook's expedition aboard HMS Endeavour that charted the coast of New Zealand and circumnavigated the globe. So old tackle out and show us your ass, Banks. What? Uh, Let's try that again. So old tackle. Never knowingly refuse a proposition like that. <laughs> Let me try that again. My punctuation in my notes made that difficult for me. So, old tackle out and shows your ass banks describes a crossing the line ceremony on 25th of October 1768. Uh, quote, This evening, the ceremony of ducking the ship's company was performed, as always, customary on crossing the line. 
when those who have crossed it before claim a right of ducking, all that have not. The whole of this ceremony I shall describe. I'll just, I'll, I'll summarise. So everyone on board ship was... <laughs> ducks. Lots of ducks. <laughs> everyone, there's ducks everywhere. <laughs> Who bought all these fucking ducks on board? There's literally hundreds of ducks. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's got diarrhea and there's ducks <laughs> fuck this is weird how old was that meat <laughs> can anyone else can anyone else hear colors <laughs> we should have never trusted those natives yes. those, those juju beans <laughs> who, who bought those mushrooms <laughs> yeah <laughs> giant, giant ducks brilliant um, so everyone on board ship w- was rounded up and interrogated to discover if they had crossed the equator before, including the dogs and cats. Um, those who were found to be <laughs> Southern Hemisphere virgins were then told they were to undergo a ducking or pay four days allowance of wine. The senior officers, including Captain Cook and Banks, were led off because they gave brandy to those who were officiating. In the end, 21 men underwent ducking. One by one, these men were tied to a rope that was fastened to the main yard, which is the lowest crossbeam on a, on a, of a main sail. Hmm. And, and the men were then ducked three times into the sea. So they were just released. <laughs> so the rope was presumably on some sort of pulley. And they were just released into the sea. Hey. Uh, here's a quote from, uh, from Banks again. Thus ended the diversion of the day, for the ducking lasted till almost night, and sufficiently diverting it certainly was to see the different faces that were made on this occasion, some grinning and exulting in their hardiness, whilst others were almost suffocated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Just larks. Uh, it's just larks, a bit fun, isn't it? Isn't it? Until someone until someone's drowned. Um, until something gets bit by a shock. <laughs> the shock that's been following the scent of semen. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Sharks love it. <laughs> What's that stuff called that you throw off board ship to attract sharks? It's got a grotty name, isn't it? Chum. Chum. There you go. That was the jo- There was p- potentially a rude joke there to be made. There was. And do you know what? I decided I'd go with facts because that's why I don't get invited to parties. And that's what this podcast is about. It is. Prioritising really facts is. over vulgarity. Says no one, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Here's another notable account of a crossing the line ceremony from the pen of Vice Admiral Robert Fitzroy. And this ceremony took place on the voyage of the Beagle, famous, of course, for a certain oh. Charles Darwin, the botanist... Was nat- this on that voyage? It is on that voyage, yep. Charles Darwin, Ew. the botanist, naturalist and bug botherer. On the 16th of February, <laughs> 1832... I've actually seen his bug collection. I'm, s- I'm sorry. <laughs> a botanist, naturist <laughs> and bugger. <laughs> <laughs> a bottom-bothering buggerist. <laughs> that... That's not a very kind review. <laughs> Who are we to comment on a man's personal life? Uh, I've actually seen Charles Darwin's bug collection. It's um, in the museum in Cambridge. He just showed it to you one day. Yeah. What, mate? Came up to you on a bus. You're like, well, mate, you want to see some bugs? He does. Well, we, those pictures of Charles Darwin, he does look like the sort of person that would hang around at the back of a bus. He does. Holes in his shoes. Yeah. Rucksack full of plastic bags. <laughs> <laughs> Full of bugs and literal shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll collect them. I put out my poo as a bait. I collect bugs. They love my poo. <laughs> on, on the 16th of February 1832, the beagle crossed the equator. Are you still there, Sam? Hello. Hello. Sam. Let's quote at length because I'm. T- <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise I was supposed to react to that. Yeah, yeah that's a, that was the dramatic moment in this podcast. Ooh. He didn't. It's on the 16th of February, 1832 Christ. of all years. 
That day of all days. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, what a shock. That's a stupid phrase, isn't it? When something breaks and someone says, oh, today of all days, it would have been today of all days if it had happened any day that you were using that thing and it didn't work. It's true. Oh, the hoover's broken on a day where I wanted to hoover the house. Yeah, of course it fucking has. <laughs> it's not going to break on a day when you're not using the hoover, is it? Doesn't and if it is, you wouldn't know. It's Schrodinger's fucking hoover. It doesn't spontaneously break in, your un- in the cupboard under the stairs, does it? No. Unless Harry Potter's up to no good again. <laughs> Harry! Why is, why is, the, You're a why is this attachment happy. full of spunk? Succio <laughs> <laughs> erectio! Succio erectio! Henry Hooverus! Henry Hooverus! <laughs> Henry Hoover's just got one tiny little tear rolling down his cheek. <laughs> Macris Henrius Hooverus Relius. <laughs> oh, now that's a nightmare machine, isn't it? A, re- <laughs> a real human being who's just a giant red blocky severed head on wheels. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> the Terminator. That's, that's the Terminator T1 model. It's just... A- <laughs> Hold on, guys. You've mastered time travel, but this is the best you could do. Really? (laughs) (laughs) They try to get into the lift like they do in Terminator 2 to get out of the police station. Just this this Hoover attachment just slides through the door and starts... (laughs) 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 Slides through the door of the lift. I'll be a vac. Hey! (laughs) Um, yes. Anyway, here's a quote. Actually, I'm too, I'm being too lazy to paraphrase, so this is quite a long quote. At sunset that day, we were out of sight of St. Paul, or St. Peter, and soon after dark were hailed by the gruff voice of a pseudo-Neptune. A few credulous novices ran up to the forecastle to see Neptune and his car, and were received with the watery honours which is customary to bestow on such occasions. Oh, hello. <laughs> Golden shower! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring forth the watery honours. <laughs> uh, next morning, we crossed the equator and the usual f- ceremonies were performed. Wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> Gets lonely on a long voyage. <laughs> he does. Uh, next morning, we crossed the equator and the usual ceremonies were performed. And then he just randomly goes into a little bit of a poem here. I mean, it's a lovely poem. Oh. Deep was the bath to wash away all ill. Notched was the razor of bitter taste the pill. Most ruffianly the barber looked. His comb was trebly nailed, and water dashed from every side. Then near fright assailed. Oh. Just, he's probably, that's the sort of guy he was. That's the sort of guy Banks was. The sort of guy that just would write a poem on a whim. Get it. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, hey guys, stop pissing on each other and having fun. I've written a poem. <laughs> come on, sit, come, gather around, gather around, hear my poem. Okay. <clears throat> You've got to listen to like how I've the word neophyte because it's like really clever. <laughs> stop drinking. This is serious. <laughs> Bring in culture, you plebs. We want to be pissed on though. We want Neptune to piss on us. <laughs> I'm looking forward to licking peanut butter out of the fat baby. <laughs> Yeah. The royal baby's done a poo. Come on. <laughs> change him. Change him. Change him.
<laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it's just the image of that many bored sailors. Getting, we're so fucking bored. We're getting excited about the prospect of changing the fat man's shitty happy. <laughs> Way! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lovely ceremonies. <laughs> anyway, moving on with the quote. The disagreeable practice alluded to has been permitted in most shifts. Ships. Ships. Shit. Shit. Ships. Are you somewhat distracted? <laughs> Um, the this this the, the <laughs> no 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 it's it's not going to get any better. <laughs> I'll carry on because sanctioned by time and through many condemn it as absurd and a dangerous piece of folly. It has also many advocates. Perhaps it is one of those amusements of which the omission might be regretted. Its effects on the mind of those engaged in preparing for its mummeries who enjoy it at the time and talk of it long afterwards cannot easily be judged of without being an eyewitness. So there you go. Anyway, poor old Charles yeah. Darwin was unfortunately a Southern <laughs> Hemisphere virgin, so he got the full oh, treatment. No. <laughs> change your nappy, change your nappy, change your... Oh, shit again! Change your nappy. <laughs> Charles Darwin, do a little poo. <laughs> Let the crew of the Beagle change you. <laughs> Have you had your fibre? Have you had your Weetabix? Come on, Charles Darwin. Show us your ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's got bugs in his bag and shit in his trousers. <laughs> Charles Darwin. He's got a sore ass. Let's put on some bipanthin. <laughs> oh dear mate. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so he got the full treatment, does old Charles. Although not as bad as the sailors on board. I think he is treated slightly better. And uh, let's hear what he has to write about it in his journal. 17th, we have crossed the equator and I have undergone the disagreeable operation of being shaved. At about nine o'clock this morning, we pour... Gr- <laughs> oh, that's his defining feature. <laughs> yeah. Look, Charles, okay, the beard, that's what people see. It's part of your, you know, your image. Don't get rid of the beard. At about nine o'clock this morning, we pour Griffins, two and thirty in number, fifth, 32, would probably have been easier, Charles, were put all together on the lower deck. <laughs> yes. The hatchways were battened down, so we were in the dark and very hot. Presently, four of Neptune's constables came to us, and one by one led us up on deck. I was the first and escaped easily. I nevertheless found this watery ordeal sufficiently disagreeable. Before coming up, the constable blindfolded me and thus led along. Buckets of water were thundered all around. I was then placed on a plank, which could easily be tilted up into a large bath of water. They then lathered my face and mouth with pitch and paint and scraped off some of it with a piece of roughened iron hoop. A signal signal being given, I was tilted head over heels into the water where two men received me and ducked me. At last, glad enough, I escaped. Beg pardon? (laughs) Where the fuck are the ducks come from again? We got rid of the ducks yesterday. (laughs) More fucking ducks. (laughs) Most of the others were treated much worse. Dirty mixtures being put in their mouths and rubbed on their faces. The change is nappy. <laughs> it was very crappy. We've got it in our hands. <laughs> oh. The whole ship was a shower bath and water was <laughs> a shower of shit. <laughs> water was flying about in every direction. Of course, not one person, even the captain, got clear of being wet through. 
Oh, just fun times. Just just lads having fun, isn't it? It is. I you know, I think other than the having excrement rubbed into your mouth. That, that you've 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 read between the lines. There's 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 a party to be had when you cross the equator for the first time, and sometimes boys take it a little bit too far. Well, you've kind of summarised things as I was going to summarise things, Sam. Oh, sorry. Mm, this was my uh, Jeremy Springer final thought moment. Anyway, there have been controversies surrounding these ceremonies. It's the usual story, just like sports teams' initiations at universities. It's about striking a balance. Done the correct way, these ceremonies are a great way to break the monotony of life at sea, have a laugh, break down barriers and build a team of closely-knit individuals who have been through all sorts of weird stuff together. At, yeah. at their worst, they are hazing... Sounds lovely. It does. Sounds like a good time to be had. At their worst, they are hazing ceremonies where people are bullied, hurt, injured and humiliated. There have been a number of incidents where the ceremonies have been taken too far, but it would appear that the majority of people who go through the ceremony look back on it fondly and even receive a certificate. And these certificates really are very lovely. Oh, they survived. Oh, there are lots of certificates. Well, this this happens to this day. So the sti- Does the rubbing shit into the mouth still happen in cruises when they cross the equator, or do they just rely on the all-you-can-eat buffet for, to get the same effect? It's just a norovirus, yeah. It usually just happens <laughs> automatically. So they do do it on cruise ships. They do a slightly more uh, sterile version of it, I think. I, I don't think they're ever going to do, do it. Very, very few things on a cruise ship are sterile. <laughs> There's too many elderly people. And, uh, and some of the certificates really are lovely. Anyway, there are lots of examples on the internet if you want to go and have a look at these. And uh, there are also plenty of accounts, photographs and videos of the ceremony taking place. And not just modern either. For example, I came across photographs from the 1930s of people undergoing this ceremony on um, American oh, ships. Oh, lovely. So it's very, very common on American naval ships, Australian naval ships and British naval ships. And I think it was there was a... There's been a few controversial incidents with Australian naval ships and American naval ships where it's just been felt that the it's been taken a bit too far. It's also been... Gosh, imagine the Aussies taking things too far with a drinking competition. <laughs> exactly. I, I think it's also been made a little bit more difficult with females being on board and also homosexuality being more acceptable in places like the, Na- the Navy when it's just white heterosexual males you know they seem to be <laughs> they just do whatever they want but when there are people there who might think oh it's probably not appropriate then yeah so it's been it's been made a little bit it's, it's more restricted now what what they can do on board these ships but there is still a version of this done on a common basis fair enough so what, what does the modern version involve you know just a meal and i think i think it's so they <laughs> just just, just a, a meal, meal. Uh, just hash browns corned beef peas oh i'd rather have a Face filled with shit. Kind of Pepsi. <laughs> so I think they do everything, but I, I just think they're not having tar shoved in their face. You know, it might be fair enough. It, it might be Nutella on, Ooh, it, on, on the fat, on fat man's belly. <laughs> Sanitized. Yeah. Um, all the fun taken out of it, um, and I, I just think it's less aggressive. You see some clips of this uh, this ceremony being uh, taking place, and people are getting thrown around. It's quite raucous, and I think. That's just been calmed down a little bit. I also read somewhere that people would get thrown in the sea. In some of the, on some of the occasions where it was taken too far, people were actually thrown in the sea, off board. <laughs> they were thrown off the ship. <laughs> just left. Yeah. Left at the equator until we come back later. Yeah, tied, tied to a lamppost in the middle of the ocean, dressed in ladies' underwear. Dressed, dressed as Gloria Gaynor. <laughs> I will survive. Will you? Will you, though? <laughs> A lot of sharks. 
first I was afraid, I was petrified. I'd had peanut butter shoved all over my face. And then thrown off the side. Charles Darwin is a dick. <laughs> he put fire ants on my prick. <laughs> but I'll survive. I will survive. Drop the bass. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Anyway, that's this weird and wonderful, disgusting tradition that dates back a long time. It's, it's well known that Spanish explorers, voyagers, other European uh, voyagers used to have strange ceremonies when boats passed headlands and things. I think I read somewhere the Phoenicians, maybe when they passed the Straits of Gibraltar, they used to have a little ceremony that they would perform. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's got a long history. Very, very interesting. That's great. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure. Have you ever crossed the equator in a ship? Have I ever crossed the equator in a ship? What a good question that one is. I mean, it's not. It's a closed question. The answer is no. Oh, well, I'm having <laughs> a good presume. thing just to check, because I've crossed the equator in a plane on innumerable occasions. I know your a lot of your shit will have passed past the equator. I'm just looking to see if the equator... And I I covered it in peanut butter, just, you know, the equator. to mark the celebration. You covered the equator in peanut butter. No, no, I, when all of your shit was on a crew, was on a boat being shipped from New Zealand back to the UK and, and vice versa, <laughs> I smothered peanut butter over some of it. Why wouldn't you? Oh, well, it's a tradition. I, I, no, I haven't. I mean, I, the closest I've probably been is Southeast Asia, Thailand. Fair enough. Yeah, that's probably the closest I've been to the equator. How about you? Because you've travelled widely. I Yes, but not very much of it on ship. By ship. You so, pr- no, not me. Harnessing the power of stray cats. I, I do, yes. I tend to travel via uh, intergalactic wormhole. It's my, my go-to. Much more environmentally oh, friendly. Intergalactic worms. That is the peril, yes. <laughs> Oh, brilliant, Tom. Brilliant, brilliant. I lost down my Should we think hole. of... <laughs> woof. <laughs> he says with... It didn't deserve a woof. Sad resignation. It didn't deserve a woof. <laughs> it deserved a woof with the amount of enthusiasm that was given. <laughs> Do we have any audience feedback? We have some from John, who's one of our patrons. Yes. I won't read it out completely, because you mentioned to me in a previous episode we should keep this a bit shorter. It is quite um, a long email, but thank you, John. It's a very lovely email. Very lovely email, lots of fan mail, and he enjoys listening to our podcast while he's trying to put his kids to sleep, and he has to stop himself laughing out loud because we're so hilarious. We are very funny. We are very funny. Yeah, he likes plenty of the elder whiskey and history and bum jokes. Me um, too. <laughs> me too. Like my kind of Nor- he's Norwegian, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Well, he he played the old North Korean joke, didn't he? But yes, he's he, well, he pays in Norwegian krona, and he has wonderful English. Yes. Um, so he probably is Norwegian. <laughs> Yes. Probably not British. When he first signed up, the currency was listed as NKR as a patron, and I decided yeah. that that was North Korean. <laughs> Turns out it's not. Laughs. So that, that's very, very kind of you, John. I have sent you a message. And then we had we had a one from Jerome, who is question. I think we discussed that we he might have been Australian, and he's uh, he's question marked that. So he, I, I don't think he is Australian. I think he might be Belgian. Ooh, is that your guess? I mean, he did wink, wink, nudge, nudge at the mention oh, of Belgium did, in his he? own email. I didn't spot that. Anyway, hint. he was saying, Jerome's saying nice things as well and has some suggestions for us, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Uh, what if he's got? Oh, yeah, of course he does. I remember now because this is one that's right up your street. And quite, quite honestly, I'm not sure you've got anything left up your sleeve for this topic because it's silly <laughs> small nations. I've, do- I've done almost all of them. I haven't done Belgium. <laughs> wink, 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 nudge, nudge. <laughs> No, I'm serious. The Belgians. No one hates Belgium more than the Belgians. Is that right? Yeah, uh, no, Belgians don't think it should exist. 
What do they think it should be? Wallonia and Flanders and... So Flanders, Wallonia. Uh, okay. Yeah. Lots of I'm good not... cyclists in Belgium. Lots of good cyclists, yes. Mm, must have good EPO. Marvellous. <laughs> anyway, yes, that's all I've got for uh, for audience feedback. Thank you, audience. And if anyone else has anything nice to say, you can get in touch with us at thatwasgeniuscast at gmail.com or via Patreon, patreon.com slash thatwasgenius, where I'm going to put out there... Last week's episode, patron exclusive every other week. Last week's episode, pretty funny. Was it? I have, still haven't listened to it. You were there in the recording. Oh, uh, yeah, but I, I was... In, you, I, clocked, you clocked out, hadn't you? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was on autopilot. <laughs> I covered the 2nd Pacific Squadron and their very ill-fated voyage to, uh, from the Balkans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Balkans, the Baltic states, to Japan, and it did not it did not end well for them. <laughs> it's a yeah, great story. Yeah. Now, I don't think we've got what? anything teed up. No, we don't. No, we need to think of one for the next patron episode next week. So one from our f- rapidly thinning, thinning imaginations. Have we done medals? I think we've done medals, haven't we? We could do honours. We could do honours. Yeah, should we do honours next honors, week? yeah. Cool, that's fairly wide-ranging. Good, good. Honours for the patrons. Uh, trains, railways. Oh, do you want to do trains? Oh gosh! The next public episode, do you want to do trains? Oh gosh, yes. Go on. Why oh. not? Treat treat myself. I can feel the moisture in your gusset from here. Steam, literally the steam rising. Yeah. So yes, honours for the patrons, trains or railways for the public. And if you want to, if you want to receive an honour, then you can go to Patreon.com/slash That Was Genius, where for uh, just three, four, or five pounds a month, or equivalent in your local currency, it's not a free honour. You can become a member of the Order of the Bath. That is our patron-exclusive offer. You get an episode every other week that is only available to you. You also get print-at-home medals, talk about an honour, and you get some fairly <laughs> dreadful songs that I recorded whilst drunk one night. Stick them on your fucking own shit. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And Tom does a doodle for every episode. I do, I do do a doodle. An original cartoon, which at some point will turn into a book. Yeah. I'm not sure of sell many. He's decided. But, um, <laughs> or any. <laughs> Patrons, we'll see you next week. Public, we'll see you in two weeks. Oh, you can also, if you've got any episode suggestions, of course you can email us, thatwasgeniuscast at gmail.com, or you can go to thatwasgenius.com and there's a form on there you can fill in. Get in touch, say hi. Right, Tom, say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye from me. Bye-bye.